Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it is Saturday, January 28th, 2023. And all I have to say right now is, oh my God, the end of this show. Holy schmoly. Like, mafia beatdown, basically. Gangster beatdown. Like, what did we see at the end of the Royal Rumble? That end... Oh my God, we're going to get into all of that and more. But the show overall, I really enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Both Rumbles were good. I got bored during Bianca versus Alexa. The pitch black match kept my attention enough. And yeah, I thought everything on this show, for the most part, was a positive, I guess you could say. Overall, I really did enjoy the 2023 Royal Rumble. But the end, I'm going to say, is the bloodline stuff is the greatest thing in all professional wrestling right now. Like, no other company can even come close. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge WWE fan and whatnot. But this stuff with Roman and Sammy and now the J component of what happened. Oh, my. Just, oh, my God. A turn that I expected eventually, but in a way that I didn't. Like, we'll get into it when we get to it. Like, I don't want to jump forward or anything, but so much to talk about. We got some returns. We got some interesting thing happened in the men's rumble where not everybody actually competed and Cody did not defeat 29 other men. He only defeated 28. So talk about all that and more. We're talking Royal Rumble. And with that, I want to say thank you if you're watching live, whether that's youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or twitch.tv forward slash PW unlimited. Or if you're listening later on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google pod, Apple pod, anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more remember if you are watching live on twitch you can help us out a couple of different ways you can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating twitch bits in the live chat also remember you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways you can either subscribe with a tiered subscription excuse me or you can subscribe with amazon prime because remember if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, like right now, Evil Within 2. They also give you free stuff for games, like Fall Guys. Can't stop burping off the nice and chilly tonight. And they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did that right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, you can support us over on YouTube by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also, I did say that yesterday I was going to put out my AEW Dynamite 2023 graphics packages and the tutorial and all that. I got busy setting everything up for my dad's memorial service that was this morning. So I'm going to hope to get all that put together, filmed, and uploaded and whatnot for tomorrow. So I'm just going to let you guys know. And then... Mid next week, maybe late next week, the Royal Rumble graphics package and tutorial and everything will go up on the channel and on patreon.com forward slash PW Unlimited. And how about no, no Luke tonight. Finally, remember to head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game, you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse. You can support us by using this code right here, PWUnlimited. Again, use code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases, whether that's through the Epic Game Store on your computer or for Rocket League or Fortnite or whatnot on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, or even your mobile device. 
because you can get Fortnite on your mobile device. And my phone just told me it's going to rain tomorrow here. Interesting. But with all of that, the Royal Rumble was tonight, the 2020, uh, the 2023 Royal Rumble event. And I do have a little tidbit to read to you guys. Where did I save that at? The Royal Rumble event saw an attendance of 51,338 people inside the Alamo Dome. Triple H said that the sponsorship dollars for this show double anything that's ever been done at the Royal Rumble. And he goes, and I want to thank Mountain Dew for that, Applebee's for that, Konami for that, and so forth. So, yeah, they made a lot of money off this show. He also said he doesn't have merchandising numbers yet, but he does know that basically everything they brought to the Superstore sold, and that's an indication that next time when they do one of these big Superstores, they got to bring a lot more merchandise. And we'll talk about some of the press conference stuff after we talk about the Rumble, but I just wanted to hit some of those notes really fast before we get into everything. Thank you, Kid Vicious. I really do appreciate that. My father passed away back in November, and we did the memorial service this weekend because Monday would have been his 56th birthday, so we wanted to do it like in conjunction with his birthday. Capcom, thank you, Fonzie. I, as soon as I said it, I knew I was wrong, but I just rolled with it. I knew I was wrong as soon as I said it, but Capcom, thank you for that, Fonzie. So we actually have to start on the pre-show. Yeah, I, I never really, what, what do I say? Talk about the pre-show. But we have to start with a segment that took place on the pre-show. Now, granted, I only saw this because someone told me to go back and watch it because when Peacock said, Royal Rumble starts at 4, so I go to Peacock at 4 o'clock and it's pre-show, so I switched back over to Supercross and um, the 24 Hours of Daytona race. And then someone goes, hey, you need to go see this Bloodline segment on the pre-show. And I go, oh, okay. So they're backstage, and the Bloodline are all in the locker room or whatever, and it's, it's Roman and Sammy and the Usos and Solo and Heyman and everything. And basically, Sammy Zayn and the Usos look worried while Reigns complaining about last night. He's like, what did I tell you? I told you not to be a SmackDown. I told you not to go to SmackDown. And Jay's got kind of looking like, oh, don't, don't rat me out. Don't rat me out. And Sammy kind of looks over and goes to point at Jay, but then he pulls back. He goes, but, but, I'm the, and Jay goes, you know what, Roman? It was all me. I told him to do it. I told him to be there. He's like, you probably didn't see SmackDown. You were on a jet coming back from New York. And you probably didn't see that Adam Pierce kicked, kicked me and uh, Jimmy out. And so we were banned from the building. Yet, I called Sammy to step up for the family and to be there for Solo if he needed it. And Roman's still kind of mad, but then he thinks about it and goes, Sammy stepped up for the family. Sammy was there for us. He did that because you needed him. He's like, yeah, he didn't even question it. And Roman's like, okay, gotcha. So here's what I need. Twins, you stay in the back tonight. Don't come out there for my match. But you, Sammy, you, you're attached to my hip the entire night. You're attached to me all night. And Sammy's like, so they stay back here, but I have to, I, 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 I go out there with you? Roman's like, exactly. I want you out there with me. And Sammy's like, oh, okay then. Gotcha. There's also a funny segment with Kind of Funny's Greg Miller, who's also the host of WWE Network and Peacock's This Is Awesome. 
It was him and JBL. There's a long-running thing. The JBL doesn't like him and this and that. So I thought this was funny. And they put a pie in Greg Miller's face. I wish they would actually the pie in his face. But JBL barely just like kind of just put like, again, this is the pie. Instead of doing the whole boom, hard in the face, JBL just kind of came, came up with the pie and just went right in his face. Like, really? That's it? Come on. You should have really pied him because Greg Miller would have took that pie straight to the dome. But as we move forward, the main show didn't quite kick off. The first match was the Men's Royal Rumble, but that wasn't the first surprise we got. So we got an intro video, a cold open, narrated by Hardy, the musician. And Michael Cole said that they have over 50,000 fans in attendance. All of a sudden, Seven Nation Army plays, and out comes Pat freaking McAfee. Yep. Pat McAfee made his return to WWE. Michael Cole played it up like he didn't know. He literally said, well, first, Corey Graves is like, why didn't you tell me this, Cole? And Cole's like, I didn't know. I actually FaceTimed with Pat earlier today, and he was in his, you know, studio back in Indianapolis playing on a stupid little golf little putter green that he's got out there. He's like, and Pat didn't tell me. So Pat comes down, he gets in the ring, he to the crowd and everything. Pat jumps on commentary, and Michael's like, Pat, why didn't you tell me? Pat's like, it's great to be back, Michael Cole. What's going on, Corey Graves? <laughs> and we had Corey, Cole, and Pat throughout the entire show, and these three worked phenomenally together on commentary. Just give us these three every Monday and Friday. I loved these three guys together. So, we got the Royal Rumble. The men's Royal Rumble match went, I want to say, one hour, 11 minutes, and 25 seconds. Because that is how long. Because I've seen some online say that it was longer by like 10, 20 seconds. And if we go to Wikipedia, let's see what they have. But the reason I'm saying 11, 1, 11, 25, because that's how long Michael Cole said that Gunther was in the match. And Gunther went from first to the end. He was the first one in and the last one eliminated. But if you go to Royal Rumble, I just want to see what the Wikipedia says. Because, you know, people update the Wikipedia and stuff with times. Yeah. The Wikipedia says one hour, 11 minutes, and 42 seconds. But Michael Cole said that Gunther was in for one hour, 11 minutes, and 25 seconds. And if Gunther was in first and last eliminated, that wouldn't have been the entire time of the Rumble. So we're going to go with Michael Cole's time. Because if anything, WWE would have exaggerated the time a little bit. And if there's others that have... I'm just going to say... <clears throat> um. What's the word I'm looking for? We're going with Michael Cole's time here. All the other ones I didn't get times on, so we're going to go off the um, Wikipedia times. Also, I do want to let you guys know, if you want to be part of the show and you're watching on YouTube, you can do so by donating a Super Chat. Super Chats do greatly benefit the channel, and it makes sure that your comment, question, or concern does get read live on the air. Also, one last thing. Let me really quickly update the poll on Twitch. What did you think of the Royal... Rumble. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like it. All right. The polls are all live. 
We'll go hang out and hit them poles up. As far as the Rumble does go. <clears throat> Rumble opened up with the Intercontinental Champion, Gunter, coming out first and Sheamus coming out second. And I was like, oh my God, give these guys like five minutes before anybody else comes out or something. And it was more like just past a minute and a half before the Miz came out third. So Gunter and Sheamus were wailing on each other as one would expect early on. Miz came out third. Uh, they stated it is his 14th Royal Rumble appearance, which is the fourth most in history. Next out came Kofi Kingston who I think they said was his... Oh, I didn't get the number. I think they said 15th or 16th, which is the third most appearances in a Royal Rumble. And I think Kane and Ziggler have the most at 18. Let me see really fast. Most Royal Rumble appearances. I think it's... Kane has 18... And let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, why can I not find it now? Because I know Kane has the most, but I keep hearing that. Now, when was this updated? So I want to say this may have been Kofi's 15th. Yeah, Kofi's 15th. Kane has 18. Ziggler has 15. No, 16. Also, very shocking. No Ziggler in the Rumble tonight. That was one that shocked me. But Kofi came out. We'll talk about Kofi later. I don't know exactly what's going on with Kofi, but he looked like he may have gotten hurt trying to do a stunt. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. Out number five, Johnny Gargano. They were really doing like 90 seconds, 90 to 100 second intervals here, which is really weird when they kept saying, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they kept saying two minutes, but it really wasn't two minute intervals. Jameson Gargano worked over, <clears throat> uh, worked together as Sheamus did get the elimination on Miz. Miz was first out. Out number six would come Xavier Woods. Woods and Kingston acted like they were going to wrestle each other, did some comedy, and then worked over other people. Karrion Cross came out number seven. Chad Gable number eight. Andrew McIntyre number nine. McIntyre did eventually eliminate Karrion Cross with the Claymore kick. Santos Escobar would enter number 10. In the middle of really nothing going on, Escobar gave Gargano a phantom driver off the top rope. And I think it was Pat goes, was that a phantom driver off the top? And you're like, yes, it was, Pat. Angela Dawkins came out 11th and just... So what they were trying to do is like have everyone do like a little pose before they came when they first came out and then run down. Dawkins didn't care and just ran straight out. Uh, Gunther at this point had eliminated Xavier Woods. Gunther would then chuck Kofi out of the ring. Kingston, it seemed like, was supposed to jump and land on a chair. And he fell awkwardly with the chair falling over and then just laid down with a chair on him. Still had one foot up on the chair. So technically, we're supposed to think he hadn't been eliminated yet because only one foot may have touched the ground. And he still, you know, was sort of just laying there. And Kofi laid there like he was dead. Dead, dead. Really weird. Really, really weird. And they kept saying, 
I don't think Kofi's other foot touched. I think only one of Kofi's feet touched. Look, there's one foot over the chair. There's one foot, like, pretend this is a chair, two legs. One foot was under the chair. One foot was up. I'm not trying to flip you guys off. One chair, one foot was under the chair. One foot was above the chair like this. And they kept saying, I don't think Kofi's been eliminated. And then the New Day just disappeared. And they didn't mention it again. No, nothing. So I don't know exactly what was supposed to happen there. I assume he was supposed to jump and land on the chair and do like a pogo stick thing like he's done in the past. Maybe. But, yeah, I haven't heard anything on exactly what went down with Kofi and if Kofi is okay or not. Because as I, I'm going to pull up an image here of what happened. Uh, I'll pull this up on the screen. I, I bet you guys, if you're watching this, you probably saw what happened, but I just want to pull it up anyways, just to give a little more context to what it looked like. So we have this here is what, it, what happened, how Kofi landed ish. Well, he landed on the chair. The chair fell over. He's grabbing his head and his leg is still up over. Like Kofi's trying to make it seem like he's not eliminated. Like he's still, you know, doing the do, doing the thing. And Woods is crawling over to him, but he's holding his head. His other leg's down back here. Or no, it's down here. So very weird. And if we do hear more on exactly what happened with Kofi, I will let you guys know. But I haven't heard anything on what happened with Kofi Kingston other than the spot did get botched, it seems like. But with Kofi next, so... Technically, Ray never entered, and Kofi wasn't eliminated. If that's what we're supposed to think. Now, if Kofi was hurt and they helped him back or helped him out, then both feet hit. Well, actually, no. Kofi would have eventually been eliminated because there's no way that he's hobbling around backstage with his one foot still not touching. If they had to take Kofi to the back or however Kofi got to the back, his other foot eventually did touch. So that's unfortunate for Kofi. Is that the second year in a row Kofi botched a stunt? Let me know in the comments below. Out number 12 would be the beast, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar handed out a handful of suplexes. He eliminated Santos Escobar with a follow slam over the top rope and also eliminated both Dawkins and Gable. Lesnar and Gunther faced off and the crowd popped. I popped big sitting here on this chair, in this chair. Like, oh my God, gimme, 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 gimme. They stared at each other until Bobby Lashley's music would play. He came out number 13. Gunther then chopped Lesnar, but Lesnar kind of no-sold it and suplexed Gunther. Lesnar then, uh, Lashley then speared Brock. And as, like basically, as soon as he hit the ring, Lashley proceeded to slam everyone in sight and abruptly just eliminates Brock Lesnar, throws him out. Brock is sitting in front of the announce desk. He looks up and he's just like, Eyes wide, popping out of his head like, no way. Crowd pops huge. Cole said that Lesnar was in the ring for less than three minutes. Baron Corbin comes out 15th. Brock Lesnar is losing his mind. He pulls the top off the um, announce table and throws it in the ring at Bobby Lashley. He then grabs the steel steps and slams it on the announce desk as Pat McAfee, Michael Cole, and Corey Graves run for their lives. Before Baron Corbin can get into the ring, Brock meets him at the, I guess, end of the ramp. And gives him an F5. The Corbin 
doesn't eventually, or does eventually, but doesn't at the moment, get right into the ring. Seth Rollins then comes out 15th as we are halfway through, about 25, 30 minutes in. Rollins then grabbed Corbin on his way into the ring and brought him in with him and then immediately eliminated Corbin. Number 16? Or Otis came out number 16th. I had this written weird. Otis came out number 16. We talked about how big of a man Otis was. And then number 17, Rey Mysterio. So Rey Mysterio's music would hit, and he never came out. And they're looking, and they're looking, and Rey doesn't come, so they just go on with the show. At this point, Rollins has eliminated Lashley kind of somewhat abruptly out of nowhere. And number 18 comes out as Dominic Mysterio wearing Ray's mask. We're supposed to think maybe Dom, if not Dom and the other members of Judgment Day took out Ray. Michael Cole called him a piece of shit. But Corey Graves stopped him before he can say the word shit. And Dom waited before entering the ring. Also, this plays into something later with Cody. Cor- or Pat McAfee at one point goes, he says something about, oh, we're here on the cock, peacock. And that plays into something that I'm going to read a line that he said a little bit later. But Dominic then kind of waited to get into the ring. He just took his time. Jamison McIntyre eliminated Otis. And Elias came out number 19. Pat McAfee's super excited to see Elias because, well, it was the same high school. He says he knows all of Elias's family, and so, cool. Elias was eliminated almost right away, though, by Sheamus and McIntyre. Out number 20, Finn Balor. Balor did get in the ring and pretty quickly eliminate Gargano. We were just a little past the 30, 31, 32-minute mark when number 21 comes out, and it's the six-time, 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 six-time world champion, Oh, can you dig that shucky ducky Booker T? They talked about how Booker looked shredded. He's in incredible shape. And he gave Balor a bookend and did a spinner Rooney. And of course, got eliminated pretty quickly by Gunther to the dismay of the crowd. And apparently, we couldn't hear him, at least I didn't hear him, but he apparently looked over at commentary and was like, I was that close. I was in there for a bit. Well, Damian Priest to come out number 22, and that was the entirety, minus Rhea Ripley, of the Judgment Day all in together. Out number 23 would be Montez Ford. <clears throat> so, Judgment Day's running rough shot. They're beating everybody up. They're getting a couple eliminations, and then out comes number 24, and we hear, On this day, I see clearly, and it's Edge. Edge. Comes out to a great pop from the crowd. Uh, No hot rod, Bubba. He says five-time. Five-time WCW champ. But don't forget. Don't forget King Booker won the world title, which makes him a six-time world champion. Five-time WCW world champion and one-time WWE world heavyweight champion. That's six world titles for old Booker T. Six-time. I didn't say six-time WCW champ. I said six-time world champion, brother. Anyways, Edge jumps in and immediately goes after Judgment Day. Spears every member before eliminating both Priest and Balor pretty quickly. Edge tries to eliminate old Dom Dom, and Judgment Day gets involved. 
as Dom is hanging on for his life over the ropes. Judgment Day, Balor and Priest grab Edge and yank him over the top rope, out of the ring, and push Dominic back in. Edge eliminated. Not even in long. And then he just starts brawling with both Priest and Balor. <clears throat> They're fighting up the ramp and everything. They get towards the top. Number 25, Austin Theory comes out. And Theory does his little pose. Uh, you know, and all that. And they're fighting right where Theory's at. And Theory's like backs up and goes, I'm going to let you all do your thing. And I'm just take my time to go around you and saunter down to the ring. I thought that was really funny when Theory was just like, oh, yep, I'm going to back up for a second. You guys fight in front of me. I don't need to get involved in this. So all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley would attack Edge from behind. As that happens, Rhea poses. You know, she's got the, the vest, and she's like, hmm, feeling good about herself. She feels something behind her. Looks back, and it's old Beth Phoenix right behind her. And she's like, oh-oh, crowd pops. Beth spears Rhea. Officials come out, break everything up. They take Edge and Beth Phoenix back, and it's the last we see of them. Omos would then come out 26th. Braun Strowman would come out 27, and Strowman eliminates Omos. Ricochet would come out 28th, and my first thought was, okay, there's two left. Madcap Moss, who was on the graphic that they showed in the pre-show, and I can I could show you guys right here. It would be probably easier if I go to Twitter. No, I can pull it up right here. Excuse me. So they, they had this graphic to show 27 men announced for the Rumble. If I can get this to full screen really fast. So if we look at this right here. Right here. Where did he go? He was on this. Not. And I was just thinking wrong. Maybe. Huh. Maybe he wasn't on there. No, that's not the right graphic. Hold on. Give me one second. That's not the one they showed on the pre-show. That's the one from SmackDown last night. I pulled up the wrong one. Um... Here we go. This one. Yep, this is the right one. So, on this graphic, right here, Mad Cap Moss. Look, 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 look. If you guys didn't see, right here, Mad Cap Moss. Never came out. So, I'm sitting here going, whoa. Okay, so, because I'm thinking there's two people left. Got to be Madcap and Cody. Right? And when number 29 hits, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, it's Logan Paul. And the crowd did boo. And once he hit the ring, they actually cheered, which is kind of funny. Like, they booed when his music played and he walked out. Then he got in the ring and they cheered. Paul gave uh, Ricochet a buckshot lariat. And Strowman and Ricochet teamed up on Logan Paul. Number 30 would go to Cody freaking Rhodes. He actually got, they, they super telegraphed this because Cody got fireworks and everything for his entrance. Nobody else did. Even though everybody expected Cody to win. <clears throat> Rhodes gave a theory a springboard cutter early on before chucking his weight belt right into the crowd. So somebody in the fifth row got the greatest of greatest souvenirs tonight. Dom then tried uh, giving Cody the three amigo suplexes, but Cody gave him the crossroads and eliminated him out of the ring. Then, all of a sudden, 
We get the wide shot from the hard cam. And Logan Paul is on the apron over here. Ricochet is on the apron over here. And they both look at each other. And they give each other like a signal. They both jump up, springboard off the ropes, and freaking crossbody in midair. It sounds like boom. And they go tumbling down. Oh my freaking God. These two guys were super high up in the sky. This could have gone so many shades of wrong, but they pulled it off perfectly. Logan freaking Paul and Ricochet may have had the moment of the men's Royal Rumble or the moment of any Rumble in the last couple of years. Like that was so great that Triple H referenced how great it was in the press conference. Like, I've never seen that before. I've seen, like, Shane go for the coast-to-coast and get speared by Roman. We've seen that before, where Shane flies across the ring, and right before he comes down, boom, Roman spears him. We've seen that. We've never seen two guys springboard at each other from opposite sides of the ring and meet perfectly in the middle and just crash down. So, like, we've seen Shane springboard. We've seen the Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels one where he springboards and takes the super kick. We've seen similar-ish kind of, but this one, another level. This was so freaking amazing. The crowd lost their minds. The announcers tried to put it over as one of the greatest spots we've ever seen. And yeah, Strowman, well, Ricochet and, I wrote this weird. Ricochet eliminated Strowman? Did I get that right? I don't know why I wrote that like that. Because I don't believe Ricochet eliminated Strowman. Anyways, Ricochet gets eliminated. Logan Paul gets eliminated. Eliminated. And there's Theory, Cody, Gunther, and Rollins as the final four, we think. Because Logan Paul disappears. I thought he got eliminated. We just don't see him anymore. They did a great job of having him disappear in a way where you'd completely forget about him because he was so knocked out from that spot with Ricochet. I thought, I'm like, look, Paul gone. He must've got eliminated and I just missed it. And they, they may have missed it, but no, he wasn't. Rollins then gives Theory a curb stomp and Rhodes eliminates Austin Theory. And we go, uh-oh, Cody and Cody and Seth working together? This then led to a face-off between the two. And I go, oh yeah, no, just momentarily, just to get out Theory. They were about to go at it, but Gunter went after them instead. Rollins gave Gunter a pedigree, so Rhodes also had to one-up him and give him a pedigree as well. Cole said that Gunter has broken the record. Rey Mysterio's record for the longest time spent in a traditional Royal Rumble match, which means any Royal Rumble match on a Royal Rumble pay-per-view, not counting the greatest Royal Rumble, but I believe in the end, and I can check this, Gunther did eventually even beat that. Let me see. The greatest Royal Rumble. It was Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan had the record on that one. He was in the longest. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan. Where is he? Dan, 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 Dan. Let's Google search. No. Ryan. Yeah. Whoa, no. So Gunther didn't beat Brian Danielson's full-on record. Gunther only has the record for traditional Royal Rumble pay-per-view Royal Rumbles. So Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, was in the greatest Royal Rumble, starting number one, for an hour and 16 minutes. 
Gunter, actually. Yeah, no, Gunter still has that too. I was going to say the 40-man rumble, but I don't think anybody was in the 40-man rumble over an hour. But Gunter was in an hour and 11 minutes. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, an hour and 16 minutes in the greatest rumble. So that's still the overall record. So he started first, and I think he was eliminated 48th because there were 50 men in that rumble, the greatest Royal Rumble. Anyways, he said Gunter had beat Rey Mysterio's record of traditional rumbles. Rey was in member an hour and two minutes. Gunter an hour 11 in total. So all of a sudden, Logan Paul just pops back in. We all forgot about him, and he eliminates Seth Rollins. So maybe, maybe, foreshadowing, Logan Paul versus Seth at Mania. I wouldn't hate it. That would actually be pretty damn good. Paul then brags about this to Cody Rhodes, and Cody just eliminates him. Throws him right out. And the final two is Rhodes and Gunter. And oh boy, did Gunter get to shine like we all knew he could. Oh my God. So everybody knows that's watched him either in NXT, NXT UK, or on the indies. That Gunter, previously Walter, is fantastic, is amazing, is awesome. And tonight, everybody that didn't really fully know that yet, now they know it. Now they know it. So, Gunther and Cody go at it, and they gave them time, which I thoroughly enjoyed, that they gave them time. They didn't just go out there and go, all right, you guys got three minutes, get to the finish. No. They went for a while once it was just the two of them. So Gunther chopped Cody, and the announcers noted that this would be particularly painful for Rhodes. In fact, his chest was red. Rhodes went to the top, and Gunther brought him down with, they said a superplex, but basically he just grabbed Cody and threw him over his head. Not quite a belly-to-belly, -belly, but not quite a superplex, but it was a super throw, super toss off the top rope. Cody lands right on his ass and tailbone-ish area. Rhodes does fire up and gives Gunther a springboard cutter, a Cody cutter. The crowd starts chanting for Cody. Rhodes then did the Shattered Dreams, right? He does the Shattered Dreams. And I got to read a line here from Pat McAfee. I have it written down on another thing because I tweeted it, but I didn't write it in my notes. But, excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. <laughs> Holy crap, I got the hiccups. So, let's scroll here. Oh my god, I got the hiccups and I can't get rid of them. Oh no, that's ain't good. Hiccups on a live stream? Oh no, I need to take a drink. Ooh. So Pat McAfee literally says, so Cody does the kick. So he does the whole shattered dreams of the, the groin, the gonads. And Pat goes, oh, kick to the I don't know what I'm allowed to say any, on this show anymore. Because they must have said something about him saying the cock. They must have got mad. So he was like, ah, oh, I don't know how to say it. So I'm just not going to say anything. But I love the line where he's like, kick to the, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this show anymore. So going forward, he does the shattered dreams. The old gold dust kick to the ball spot. And then they're like, don't worry, Pat. It's, you know, the nether regions in your bottom half. And then Corey tried to, like, cover for him or whatever. It, it was it was a nice little spot. I really liked Corey Graves and Pat McAfee. They played off each other very well. Uh, Gunther did come back with a drop kick and a powerbomb. 
Guther tried eliminating Cody, and he just barely hung on. Guther tried putting Rhodes to sleep as he was on the apron, but Rhodes got out of it. Rhodes tried something off the top, and Gunther hit him with a chop. On the way down, Cody caught himself. Cody then came back with a crossroads and clotheslined Gunther out of the ring with Cody, picking up the win and becoming the winner of the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble. So again, Michael Cole did state that Gunther was in for one hour, 11 minutes, and 25 seconds. Pyro goes off. There was very fake 3D animated pyro from the outside. It was very weird. It showed like a drone shot of the building and then fake animated pyro coming off of it. So that was weird. Cody points at the sign. Actually, Cody goes. He he does the two sweet, like he two sweets himself, kisses it. Then he goes, guns, and then points. What do the guns mean? I know the two sweet. He, but what do the guns mean? And then he points to the sign. I'm not 100% sure what the guns mean. And for everyone saying Cody or Ray is still in the Rumble, no, he's not because he never got in the ring. I know what you're all going to say. Curtis Axel. Well, if I'm thinking correctly, he got in the ring and wasn't eliminated over the top. Ray never even came out. Now, there's a rumor that Ray may have been banged up from his match last night. So maybe that has to play into it. I saw somebody try to put in the chat that Ray is quote unquote injured. That's not confirmed as any sort of a news story at all. So please don't put unconfirmed things in the chat. But <clears throat> Cody wins. Um, Mr. Banks says, what happened to Madcap? It was a red herring. So we didn't know about um, what's his name? Logan Paul. I assume. I don't know. They could have just never put him on the freaking graphic to start with and gave us four open slots instead of three. I don't know why they would put Madcap on there. Or what they should have done, not put Madcap and put Woods on the graphic instead. If Woods was going to be in there, Woods was a surprise. Yes, Xavier Woods was considered a surprise entrant in tonight's Royal Rumble match, which is weird because... If we go back to that graphic right here, one, two, three, four, five. Nope, wrong graphic, wrong graphic, wrong graphic. I pull up the old one again. My dang. Pull up the correct one. Here we go, my dogs. Correct graphic. So here we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, which left 28, 29, and 30 open. One of those was Xavier Woods. And I'm like, what? Why, why'd you have to leave Woods as a... Why, why'd you have to leave Woods as a surprise? But the Madcap was on the graphic and ended up not going in there. We got Logan Paul. So maybe they should have put Woods on the graphic, not Madcap. I don't know if maybe something happened and Madcap got... I don't know. I have no idea... What the hell happened with Madcap? So, this was awesome. No Sami Zayn in the Rumble. As a lot of people would have liked to see him in the Rumble. Possibly win the Rumble. Nope. There is a bigger plan for Sami Zayn. Remember, guys, if you want to be part of the show and you're watching on YouTube, you can do so by donating a super chat. 
to confirm and make sure that all of your comments, questions, and concerns do get read live on the air. All Super Chats are greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. We do highly appreciate those as they keep the lights on, keep the channel going, and keep us able to do what we do. The WWE 2K23 commercial. I haven't seen anybody that got to play the game this morning say anything about it. I don't know if they're not allowed to, or maybe I just wasn't following social media enough today because my first half of the day was all spent at my dad's uh, memorial service. But I haven't seen... I know people got to play the game this morning. They did a little 2K thing. But... I don't know. Ooh, nice Rhea model. They released a picture of Rhea after she won the Women's Rumble. So that's awesome. Um, It was revealed that Roman... What? Is this real? It says, apparently Roman Reigns has the highest rated, is the highest rated superstar in this year's WWE 2K23 at 99 overall. Ooh, Wow. Also, apparently, Roman's entrance model or entrance attire is him with the Leon, or as they call it, the, the Ula Fala. So, very cool. But again, um, number of people, media members and YouTubers and whatnot and Twitch streamers got brought out to play the game early. I know a couple that were there. So, I haven't heard... What they thought of the game, we'll have to wait and see exactly uh, what they say when they're allowed to say it. Because, you know, there's embargoes and stuff. So then LA Knight would enter for the pitch black match. Then he's got to stand in the ring while they do this long video package. And then Bray Wyatt finally comes out, which takes forever. And I think it was Pat McAfee's like, oh, LA Knight has to stand in there and wait for all of that. And I'm like, they're like, yes, he did, Pat. He's like, well, this is the first time I've experienced this Bray Wyatt thing in person. And the ring announcer said that this match would be contested with no disqualifications and no countouts. Basically, it was a neon glowing match. Black lights were on and the lights went down and the ropes all started glowing. LA Knight's gear glue and the body paint on Bray Wyatt was kind of glowing as well. Kind of felt like well, we have here something called Ghost Golf, which is basically just glow-in-the-dark golf. Mini golf, of course. <clears throat> so, I don't know if, like, the face paint and the, the eyes and everything was supposed to symbolize anything special on Bray, but he did have some special, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Face paint and whatnot. But really, not too much happened during the match. The big spot... During the match was Bray like pulled off the top of the announce table and like neon confetti flew off of it. And then they both slammed through the announce table and it felt like they landed on like a confetti bomb because it went poof and confetti flew out of it. And in the end, well, Bray hit the sister Abigail in the ring and pinned him. One, two, three. Nothing really happened in the match. Then things get interesting after the match. All of a sudden, Wyatt like does this thing where he gets up from the ground, from the mat, and he's like, gets up, spins around, he's got a mask on. I'm like, oh, okay, and he starts stalking LA Knight. Grave said this has got a lot of horror movie vibes to it. 
Wyatt then no-sold a kendo stick shot by Knight before putting him down with a mandible claw. Uncle Howdy would then appear as they're fighting up at the top of... They're fighting near some big structure. I don't remember exactly where the structure's at. Howdy's at top. LA Knight then gets thrown on big old structure that's appropriately filled with crash pads, probably. And Uncle Howdy, or Brother Bo, as I call him, does the Shane McMahon spot all the way to the top, jumps off, and just lands right on um, L.A. Knight. A bunch of, uh, I guess you could say, not really pyro goes off, but something seemed to like catch fire, and there we go. So, cool. Uncle Howdy actually got physical by, I guess you could say, jumping off a structure onto L.A. Knight. Uh, Mr. Banks says, Uncle Howdy botched the jump lit, did he? I didn't notice that he did. How did would he have botched the spot? I mean, maybe you can say where we saw LA Knight fall, he didn't really fall in the same spot, so maybe he was just over a little ways and didn't really land right on. I don't know. He didn't really get LA Knight, but the way the camera angle was, it kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Covered up for it. So, we get a commercial break, or if you got Peacock with no commercials, you see the Brock Lesnar video package. And then this is when they told us the official attendance, 51,338. They did another fake fireworks display from outside the building. And then we go into Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. And honestly, this match did nothing for me to the point where I got no notes. Because I did not care about this match at all. These two women tried hard. You can tell that they were really trying to do stuff. And they were trying to... Well, hold on. I do have notes here, actually. I did write some stuff down. Give me two seconds. My notes actually just froze. Let me refresh the notes. Why won't it refresh? So this is the struggle you do when you ask, when you use the uh, your Google Notes or your Google whatever you call it. But, how come now? Whoa, did I just lose my... Nope, nope, nope. Here we go. Now I just got to scroll back all the way down. Now I just got to scroll all the way down. All right, here we go. So early on, Bianca Belair um, tosses Bliss into the corner, and they start. she starts unloading with some punches. Alexa goes on to attack her until Belair slams her on the mat. Bianca goes for her patent standing moonsault. Bliss slides out of the way. Bianca knocks her back down and goes for a moonsault once more and lands this time before going for the cover, but Alexa gets her shoulder up. Alexa lands a double knee at one point to Bianca's midsection and goes for the cover, but Belair lifts her up and gets a two off of a slam. Bianca then pops back up and plans for the KOD to pick up the victory. There we go. That's it. Bianca then leaves, and the creepy Bray Wyatt-style video plays. We see a little... Reminiscence of the Alexa's Playground. And there we go. Graves tries to put this over as a competitive match. And I think McAfee responds with like... So, even though Belair did win pretty easily, they tried to make this seem like it was, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Very back and forth, which really wasn't. Alexa got a little bit of offense, but Belair really did most of this... 
freaking dot echo dot went off every time I say Bliss's first name. Anyways, Bliss got a little bit of offense, but not much in the seven and a half minute match. Also forgot to mention the pitch black match. Five minutes and three seconds. So. Yeah, that's about it. There was a Applebee's commercial with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, followed by another commercial with Judgment Day. Then we got the Women's Rumble that, according to Wikipedia, let me see. I don't have the time for this one. They'd have the time for this one. Wikipedia says that the Women's Rumble went one minute, one hour, one minute, and three seconds. So Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan come out first. And Ripley's selling her midsection because remember, she took that spear from Beth Phoenix. They also said, now, I liked this from Michael Cole. I really liked what Michael Cole said here about Liv Morgan. Because they never give number two their just dues. They always talk about how it's number one, number one, number one's the hardest spot to start from. And Michael Cole says, so Liv Morgan's been saying a lot recently how she wanted to start number one. Well, Liv Morgan is coming out number two, so that is basically like starting number one. Thank you, Michael freaking Cole. Because they made a big deal. Only three people have ever won from the number one spot. And now Rhea Ripley has. Well, Ray flipping Mysterio started number two and won. Which is the same goddamn thing. But he get no credit for going coast to coast. Bell to bell. Start to finish. So Rhea and Liv go at it for about a minute and a half before Dana Brooke comes out number three. Emma comes out number four. No time passed at all before Shayna comes out number five. I feel like we've only been in this for five minutes, if not that. Bailey then comes out number six. And Morgan immediately gave Bailey an oblivion upon entering the ring. She tried to eliminate her and couldn't get it. BFAB, of all people, big old shocker there, comes out number seven. She signed, shined very briefly for like half a second and then gets thrown out by Rhea quickly. Michael Cole made sure to mention that BFAB was only in for 36 seconds and then took a shot at top dollar as he did like four times. Then, to my surprise, because I did not expect this, the NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez would come out number eight. I was under the thinking of well, Charlotte challenged a couple years ago for the NXT Women's title, so we know that's up for grabs. So why would the NXT Women's Champion now be in the Rumble? But hey, she was. Kudos. Kudos. They put over Roxanne Perez major. Pat McAfee called her a prodigy. And she looked good. She did a couple of moves, did a fantastic-looking kip-up, and the crowd popped huge when she did the kip-up. <coughs> Perez looked awesome and wiped out Bailey and Ripley at one point. Then, number nine, Dakota Kai. Number 10, EO Sky. All the damage control in the ring together, and they started wrecking shop. They turned their attention to Liv Morgan at one point, and they wiped her out. And then Dana Brooke, they wiped her out with a springboard dropkick. Damage control would eliminate Dana Brooke before Kai eliminated Emma. They also worked together to eliminate Perez with some great heat from the crowd. He did not like when the Texas girl got eliminated. Excuse me. So as we move forward, number 11 was Natalia making her big return after having to have uh, some nose reconstructive surgery. Candice LeRae came out number 12. 
and the Ray went directly after damage control, but Baszler caught her with a knee strike. Natalia and Baszler faced off, because remember, Baszler's the one that busted uh, Natty's nose. And the crowd kind of was just not into that at all. And they were dead silent at this point. Like, they were not caring about this match right when number 13, Zoe Stark, came out. So, Colin Graves tried to make Starks feel like a big name. As um, I think they mentioned that she won a big battle royal recently. Corey Graves goes, uh, Michael Cole goes, hey, didn't she just recently win a big battle royal on NXT, which would give her kind of the edge here because that means she knows how to win big matches like this. And Graves literally just goes, uh, I believe so. But didn't make it sound like he really knew, but did say, then I think, I can't remember who it was. It may have been Michael Cole goes, you know, Shawn Michaels, he's a really big fan and supporter of um, of Zoe Stark. And I think it was Corey said something along the lines of, well, good, Shawn Michaels should like somebody. I was like, whoa, okay. Zia Lee would come out number 14. They talked about how Zia Lee's been bitching and moaning about other people getting opportunities. LeRae continued to fight damage control, but she was finally eliminated by EO Sky when EO kicked her off the top rope. Becky Lynch would come out number 15. The crowd popped huge and finally woke up. Lynch went straight after damage control, but they beat her down before she even got in the ring. They jumped out of the ring through the ropes, not over the top rope. Nobody went over the top, so no one was eliminated. And they fought for a minute. And they laid her out as the crowd booed. Tegan Knox would come out number 16, and Graves made fun of her finisher like 90 seconds. For, for, for straight nights, because Michael's like, ah, oh, she's the shiniest wizard. And my, and Pat's like, what does that mean? And Corey's like, huh? And they're like, but man, Michael's like, it just means that she does the shining wizard better than anybody. And I think Corey's like, I think Mudo would contradict that or beg to differ or something like that. Asuka, or should I say, Kana would come out number 17. So Asuka's music hits, and this place loses their freaking bananas. They go nuts. Asuka comes out with like a wolf looking mask on. She walks halfway down the ramp. She then does her little grabs the mask, pulls it off to reveal the shorter haircut and the face paint. The Kana like face paint, the Kana like look. Everybody goes haywire. They're like, oh my God. Asuka gets the just also. So Asuka has a great reaction on her face, hearing the crowd losing their minds for her. New remix of her theme. But, yes, I loved that she's gone back to the Kana face paint stuff. It was awesome. Corey Graves even mentioned, this looks like the Asuka of old. The Asuka that was the most feared woman in this entire goddamn business. She eliminates Tegan Knox pretty quickly. Then, out comes not Dewdrop, but Piper Niven. She's no longer Dewdrop, which is great to hear. No longer do drop. She's back to Piper Niven. Piper Niven comes out number 18. They let her shine for a little while. They let her shine for a little while. The announcers did slightly make fun of the old name, but then kind of gave an analogy on the name Piper Niven, I guess you can say. Because they tried to give an analogy, like a snake analogy, because she's not Viper like she used to be, but she's Piper Niven, so they're like, Piper, 
strikes like a viper or something like that. <clears throat> then, for 19, nobody Mina, then Tamina. They had her and uh, Piper face off. This was kind of cool. Damage control then went after Tamina until Lynch finally jumped back in the ring and dropped Kai and Sky with the reverse double DDT. Then, number 20, the returning Chelsea Green. Chelsea makes her way down and immediately right back out. Michael Cole says that she was in for five seconds, which is the new record, breaking Liv Morgan's record of the shortest time spent in a woman's Royal Rumble. She all of a sudden jumps up and goes, no, that didn't count. I wasn't eliminated. No, 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 that shouldn't count. And like a bunch of referees come over and they're like, you're done, you're done. Now, here's the thing with Chelsea Green. I've heard that she is supposed to have a comedy gimmick to the point where she is going to be referenced. She, she's Chelsea Green, of course. But they're going to keep saying, the, the word going around is that Chelsea will be referenced to as a Karen going forward in WWE. She is going to be a Karen, somebody that complains all the time when it's really not warranted, when she's not getting her way, when she's not getting what she wants. Now, he didn't really play into any of that tonight other than she immediately popped up off the elimination and goes, no, that didn't count. I shouldn't have been eliminated. Give me another shot. So that is the word going around that she's going to have some sort of a excuse me, comedy gimmick. And she's basically going to be like a Karen. Someone who complains and bitches and moans when they don't get their way, even if it's not the right way. So Lynch would eliminate both Kai and Sky before Bailey would toss her over. As soon as Bailey tosses her over, she laughs at her. Then Liv Morgan tosses Bailey. And I'm like, oh, whoa, that was an interesting sequence. That was a that was a very interesting sequence because it was so it was done so perfectly. Becky eliminates Dakota and Neo. And right as Becky eliminates them, boom, she gets thrown by Bailey. Bailey celebrates for maybe two seconds. She's like, ha ha ha, whoa! Tossed out by Liv. Zelina Vega then comes out dressed as Jury from Street Fighter. They let us know that Zelina Vega will be in Street Fighter 6. She will actually be featured as one of the commentators in the game. She comes out as number 21. Cole plugged her involvement and sponsorship of the game for the Royal Rumble and this and that, and she immediately eliminates Zia Lee. Out would then come, I guess you could say the closest to a hometown person for this match or this show, Kel Rodriguez. Kel Rodriguez from the, the RGV, the Rio Grande Valley, South Texas, right on the border. I think Michael Cole even said, Michael Cole said, Raquel Rodriguez is from the Rio Grande Valley, three and a half hours from here in San Antonio. Actually, right down the road from my in-law's house. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's an interesting one. Number 23 is then Mia Yim Meechin. So this is weird because all the announcers only said Meechin, Meechin. It's a troll line. It, it, they're, they're trolling us now because all the announcers said Meechin, Meechin. For Titantron graphic, Meechin. But or it said Number 23, Mia Yim Meechin. Come on. What is it? Lacey Evans then comes out number 24. McAfee said that if it wasn't obvious, he hasn't really been watching since he left and was wondering what's going on with Lacey Evans. All of a sudden, number 25, we hear, oh, 
you're not enough for me and Michelle McCool's music hits. Now, forgot to mention, earlier in the show, they showed Michelle McCool in the front row behind the commentary desk sitting with her daughters. So her music hits, and she stands up from her chair, and Michael Cole's like, or Pat McAfee goes, hold up, Cole. Isn't she sitting right behind us? And she stands up, and she kind of looks at her daughter. She's like, my music, I guess I got to go. Pulls off her jacket, jumps up on the barricade, and is like, I guess I'm doing this. Gets in the ring, and Michael, or Pat McAfee goes, hold on. She's going to wrestle in Uggs. She's literally wearing Ugg boots. And he just couldn't get off the fact that freaking Michelle McCool jumped in this match in Uggs. And they're like, well, I guess Michelle McCool was just as surprised as us that she was going to be in this match. And they were like, well, and Corey, I think Corey was like, yeah, because if she knew, she would have been in the back waiting to enter like everybody else. She gives uh, Zelina Vega a Styles Clash at one point. And number 26 is Indy Hartwell. Number 27 is Sonya Deville. And Deville comes out and eliminates Zoe Stark. As Lacey Evans eliminates Zelina Vega. Number 28 is Shotzi. She comes, I love this. She comes halfway down the ramp in the tank. And Pat goes, oh, now she's going to run the rest of the way? I would have took that tank all the way down so I didn't tire myself out. I did that run earlier, Nicole, and uh, it tired me out. I loved that. Uh, DeVille eliminates Indy Hartwell after she tried to do a springboard, dummy. They're like, I think it was Corey Graves was like, I, as I always say, you got to keep your feet grounded in a match like this. And number 28 is Nikki Cross, who just comes sprinting, sprinting down the ramp. And then somebody going to get fired because they blew the reveal of number 30. So, these women are going after Nikki Cross is in there for about 30, 45, 60 seconds. She lived like 30 to 60 seconds. And every time we know they're about to do the 10 count, they would hit the hard, head to hard cam and sit it there for a second, and then they would start the 10 count. Well, they head to hard cam, it zooms out, and then we just go, I'm not like most girls. And then all of a sudden, the countdown shows up on the screen and then immediately goes off and somebody blew the reveal of Nia Jax. They hit her music before the freaking countdown. She just immediately goes out there and there's 11 other women in the ring. Nia Jax is number 30. She gets down there and starts wrecking shop a little bit. She starts shoving people out of her way. A few women hit Jax with some moves before Ripley barely gave her a riptide. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez tried to give her a scoop slam, kind of her Hogan-Andre moment, but she couldn't get it. Uh, at one point, um, Naya actually yells, what is it? I have it on my Twitter. I didn't write it in my notes, but Naya actually yells at one point, because this is interesting, because I want to talk about what she says. Naya yells, I own this shit. I'm back, bitch. So, does that mean Naya Jax is back for good? Or just in the Royal Rumble? Is she back on the roster? Or is she just in the Women's Rumble and that's it? So, something we're going to have to uh, figure out. As we move forward, uh, Ripley or Nia does a couple of things and then all the women just go, you know what? We got to get her out of here. So, 11 women in total, everybody that's still left in the ring, grab Nia. Dump her out of the ring. 
She gets eliminated by 11 women. They make a big deal that it took 11 women to eliminate Nia Jax. So Raquel then eliminates um, Lacey Evans. Asuka eliminates Sonya Deville. Ripley eliminates Michelle McCool. Mia Yim eliminates Shotzi. Piper Niven eliminates Mia. And Raquel eliminates Piper. Rodriguez then almost eliminates Ripley. And the Texas crowd really wanted to see it. And Ripley blocks it and eliminates Raquel instead. Basically, she's holding herself in. She grabs uh, Ripley. As she's trying to swing herself back into the ring, she pulls Ripley down over the top rope and eliminates her. Liv Morgan then eliminates Nikki Cross. And the final three are Asuka, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. The finish of this match, very creative. So they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. And eventually all three women end up on the apron. Asuka then goes to blow the mist at Rhea Ripley. Ripley ducks it, and the mist hits Liv Morgan right in the face. So Liv is freaking out, not knowing what's going on. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And she's kind of like on her knees, but almost sitting down. She's like backed into the ring post at the very edge of the apron. Ripley eliminates Asuka. She eliminates Asuka, and Asuka just sits there, eliminated, laying on the ground next to these steps. Final two. Still on the apron, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley. Morgan, who can't see, just starts throwing kicks and punches and everything, trying to just hit Rhea. And Rhea kind of gets swept, grabs the top rope, and is hanging there. And her legs are just barely not touching, barely not touching. And I'm like, oh, my God, can she not pull herself back up? Because she's hanging for a while. I'm like, can she not pull herself back up? And she's hanging there. She's got her hands like this. She's holding on for her dear life. And Liv comes over and starts just smashing her hand, smashing her hand, when all of a sudden, Rhea flips her whole body up. Like, her legs come up like this. She grabs Liv's head with her legs and head scissors her, throws Liv with her legs off the apron. Liv goes flying to the floor below. Rhea Ripley wins the Royal Rumble. This was a great finish. This was amazing. I loved the way they did it. It was different. It was creative. And the right woman won. As I've said a couple of times already, Rhea Ripley has the best momentum of any woman on this roster outside of like Becky. I would, I'm just going to say right now, Rhea Ripley is one of the top five best women they have. Honestly, she, from a, Rhea Ripley's the total package. I'm going to say that right now. Rhea Ripley has everything you need to be a top star in this company, in this industry, in this everything. And right now, nobody, whether that's Charlotte Flair, whether that's Becky Lynch, whether that's Bianca Belair, whether that's Bailey, nobody has the momentum and the backing of the fans like Rhea. Even though she's a heel and supposed to be hated, everyone loves what she's doing. And I just loved every chance he got. Pat McAfee, mommy, mommy, mommy. Every time, every chance he got, he said mommy. He called her mommy. Rhea poses. She bites the bottom rope at one point. Then she points up to the sign, WrestleMania. So there we go. This... Wasn't the best women's Royal Rumble we've seen. But I do got to appreciate. Once we got down to like the final eight 
It got really good, I felt like. And there was a lot of cool stuff towards the end. Then they go to a commercial break. And there was a Braun Strowman video package if you didn't see the commercial break. So as we move forward here, give me one quick second. Um, ba -ba -ba -bum 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 -bum. Why do I not see? There we go. Let's do that. All right. So then we get the Hardy performance. He's singing his song Sold Out. And I'm, I'm hearing something. I'm like, is that Pat singing along? What the, is, that, is that Pat singing along? And Pat McAfee is literally singing along to this song over his mic and headset. And they just don't mute him. And they finally cut over to him and like, Cole makes a reference to Pat singing along. He's like, yeah, get into it, Pat or Cole or something like that. And then they cut back to Hardy and he's rocking out doing his thing. And Pyro's going off and Pat's still singing. This is great. This is the song's really good. I really like the song. I really like Hardy. If you don't know, Hardy's like a hybrid country star slash rock star. He's written a lot of hits in the country music space for a lot of top names like Florida Georgia Line, Morgan Wallen and others. He's got a really good song out right now with uh, Lainey Wilson. And if you didn't hear, he was on the Bobby Bones show this week. And actually talked about him being on Raw back earlier this month. And how they rehearsed him giving Solo the guitar shot. I do have that audio clip up on our Twitter. At PW Unlimited. If you do want to go listen to it. Because he talks about how he's like, yeah, there's a stunt guy that put on a vest and told me, Hit right here. Just hit me right here. And he's like, yeah, and the guy that I hit, like he didn't know his name, Solo Sokoa, was like, hit me high and hit me as hard as he can. <clears throat> so there's a Ric Flair documentary commercial and a commercial for NXT. Then we got the video package for Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Then we got the match. The match itself went 19 minutes. I want to say the post-match stuff had to go at least 10-15. But this match shocked me. Not for the post-match angle, which was what this match was all about. But that this was just Kevin Owens getting his life beat out of him. I thought this match would be more competitive than it was. And I'm, I'm not saying Owens did nothing. Because he got some offense. But it was just more about how much Roman can beat the living piss out of this man. So for 12 minutes, they do go back and forth for about, maybe not 12 full minutes, but about half of this match, maybe about 9, 10 minutes. They go back and forth. Owens at one point dodged a spear and ranged with shoulder first into the post. Owens hit a super kick and a senton bomb for a two. They did mess up a spot at one point, but instead of waiting around to try to fix it, Owens just popped back up and hit the senton. Reigns then dodged a moonsault and hit a spear for a two. So like Owens tried to go for the springboard little moonsault thing, and they messed that up. So he just goes for another one. Roman knocks him off the top rope for the first one. And this, yeah, it was kind of messed up, but whatever. Roman hits the spear and gets two off of it. And they wanted us to think early that every time we thought Rain or Owens was killed and done, nope, he still got a little more fight in him. So Reigns shoves Owens into the referee at one point and knocks him out. Or knocks the referee down. Owens then hits a pop-up powerbomb, goes to make the cover. Everyone's counting one, two, three, four, five, six. No referee, though. And then Reigns gives KO a low blow. As Reigns is kind of down on the mat, he looks over at Sammy and goes, 
Give me a chair. And Sammy's looking all around for it, like, can't find the chair, can't find the chair. And Paul Heyman's like, it's under there, right there. It's under there. So he goes under the ring and he grabs the chair and he's holding it. And Roman's looking at him like, why are you hesitating? Give me the chair. And finally Sammy's like, all right, here. And he slides him the chair. Zane finally reluctantly gives him the chair. By the time this all happens, it was too late. Owens had recovered, and he hits Roman with a stunner. Referee's back. One, two, near fall. Reigns then counters a pop-up powerbomb and hits a Superman punch for a very, very close near fall. Owens then slids to the outside, and he's kind of like down and out. And Sammy's like, Kevin, just stay down. Kevin, just stay down, and we can end all of this. Stay down. Roman then jumps out of the ring, and he yells something like, I think he was signaling uh, Sammy, move out of the way. He runs as fast as he can. Boom! Spears Owens right through the barricade. This is basically where the match comes to a halt. So he spears him through the barricade. Reigns then flung Owens backwards onto a, uh, the steel steps, just like Austin Theory kind of did to him a few weeks ago. Owens then is... Uh, Owens then barely musters up enough to defiantly smack Roman, but Roman immediately spears him and picks up the victory. Nothing special in this match. The match was good, but I didn't expect to... I didn't expect for Owens to get the shit beat out of him as much as he did. I thought he would just get beat, of course, but not as decisive. So we go to replays, and when we come back, they're like, oh, the bloodline's here. Here are the Usos and Solo. Everyone's down here with their tribal chief. And the Usos. Uh, where was I? After the match, Roman starts attacking KO more. The Usos gave him a 1D as Reigns put his arm around Zayn and was like, hey, you like that? Look at that. Look at that. And they're beating the shit out of Kevin Owens. They're beating on him and they're beating on him and they're beating on him. And Roman's just like, come on. This is good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And Solo kind of yanks Jimmy off of Kevin Owens. I'm like, what the heck? Just so he can jump on and get a little bit of him as, uh, as in himself. He wanted to fight Kevin and beat him down. They then put Kevin in the, they sit him up in the, the corner. And he does the same running hip attack that he did to Matt Riddle. That took Riddle out for, they say six weeks, but he's still out. Then... Roman asks Paul Heyman, you got handcuffs? And he hands him a pair of handcuffs. And he goes, but my tribal chief, when you ask for handcuffs, I produce handcuffs. And he gives him a second pair of handcuffs. So the Usos handcuff Kevin Owens to the top rope. And they're the long chain handcuffs. So he's kind of dangling there, right? And he's got room to dangle and everything. And they start super kicking Kevin as he's just like, he's literally just super kicked, super kicked, like just super kick after super kick after super kick. And Roman grabs the chair. And again, Owens is basically dead. Just, oh, like not making no noise, not moving, almost looking like he's not breathing. And Roman slowly making his way over. He's got the chair. He's got the chair, and he's looking at the chair. And right before he goes to lift it, Sammy jumps in and goes, No! You don't have to do this. Roman, you don't have to do this. This is beneath you. This isn't you. 
Look at him. Look at you. Why You don't need to do this. You don't need to go this far. And Roman's just like, you know what? You're right. And he grabs the chair just by like one of the little, little bars on the bottom and does that right in Sammy's face. Hands the chair to Sammy and goes, I don't need to do this. You do. You do. And Sammy's just like, what the heck? And so Sammy's got the chair. And he's like, I don't want to do it. You can see in his face, I don't want to do this. And Reigns is yelling at him, you need to do it. You're part of the bloodline. This is what we do. Go. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. You say you love the bloodline. and This is what you do. And I'm just like, whoa, Roman's losing his goddamn mind right now, yelling at uh, Sammy. And so there was a line when Sammy wouldn't do it at first. He's like, you can either be with the bloodline or else go do some jackass shit. And I'm like, oh, they went there. Damn. And so Sammy takes a couple steps back. And Roman goes to look at Owens just to make sure he's still knocked out. And Sammy... Kind of pucks up, pulls back, boom, hits, hits Roman across the back. Roman slowly goes down. Great shot of Roman kind of like down, but like looking right into the camera. just And Jey Uso loses his goddamn mind that Sami Zayn just did this. That Sami Zayn just hit Roman with the chair. And the crowd goes bananas that Sami Zayn did this. And then boom, Jimmy super kicks Sami right in the face. Solo then jumps on and they're all beating the crap out of Sami. Except for Jay who's watching in the corner. Jay is in the corner, backed up like this. Just like... And they're like... Roman looks over at Jay and he's like, get him, get him. And Jay's like, no, uh-uh, I ain't got to do this. And he falls down to the mat, rolls out. And Jay leaves. Jay walks away and they're just beating and beating and beating down Sammy. Roman grabs a chair and just boom, boom. Roman is beating the, on Monday, Paul Heyman said, ECW is dead and I wish Sami Zayn would die. Roman is beating the shit out of Sami so hard with this chair that even Paul Heyman looks scared and worried and concerned. Roman then yells as he's pointing at Sami, kill him, kill him, kill him. Everybody, all 51,338 in the Alamo Dome, then start chanting, Fuck you, Roman. Fuck you, Roman. Fuck you, Roman. You see Jay walk out, walk out, like gone, gone, all the way up the ramp to the back. Roman hits Sammy a couple more times with a the chair. Then the last shot we get was Bloodline getting out of the ring. Shoot back into the ring. And Sammy is just laying there lifeless. Shirt ripped off of him. Kevin Owens just hanging there. Great shot of the both of them just destroyed. Then we get that shot of the bloodline at the end. 
Roman, Solo, Heyman, and then in the back is Jay holding up the ripped Sami Zayn honorary, you know, Sami Zayn honorary whatever shirt. But again, Jay walked away. This finish, I know the additive as always, for the pay-per-view, you should send the, the fans home happy. And I think this did it in an unconventional way. Because, yes, they're not happy. You're not happy because you always want to see a big baby face celebration at the end or something fun at the end. But I think I would say that this beat-down segment, if that's what you want to call it, sent the fans home happy in a way that everybody that I have seen online, and maybe not everybody is too strong of a word, because I saw one person say that was kind of dumb, or ah, they, they pulled the trigger too soon. But majority thought that this was amazing, a hell of a segment, just a fantastic way to finally kick Sammy out of the bloodline, and the way it was done, it was so was dramatic. It was so graphic may not be the right term because nobody was busted open bleeding or anything, which that would have took this to even a higher level if like Sammy Bud or Kevin Owens was bleeding. But this was just, I guess the word is so dramatic. It's done so masterfully. Roman was great here. Jay and Solo not being able to con contain themselves and wanting to just help beat the shit out of people. And Jay. Jay, who was fine with beating the crap out of Kevin, but didn't want to touch Sammy. That's the, what the, what, what? Where the hell is that leading to? And the one downer that I'm going to say. Fucking bloodlines on SmackDown. We got to wait six more days till we get possibly any resolution off of this. Any. Ugh. Yeah, the, the Usos and Solo can show up on Raw. But Roman ain't going to Raw. At least not the we, we know of. They're SmackDown people. They're, they're blue brand. We've got to wait so long to get any sort of resolution on this. Man. But this does set up the rumored match in Montreal, Elimination Chamber, possibly Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Now, the elephant in the room, The Rock. Everybody was expecting The Rock. Yet you guys, I guess, have lost your faith in old Dave Meltzer. <clears throat> so earlier this week, Dave Meltzer reports that well, it's not looking likely that The Rock is going to work WrestleMania. It's not likely that The Rock is going to be at the Royal Rumble. And everybody goes, ah, Dave's being worked. Ah, Dave don't know what he's talking about. Ah, Dave is always wrong. And there are other people, not going to name names, who are like, oh, I'm hearing that The Rock might show up. Oh, I'm hearing this. I'll read one that came out today. I'm not going to read who it's from because I don't want to shit on anybody specifically. But I will read... This. Um, where is it? <clears throat> All right, let me. This person says, I'm not going to read who this is from because I don't want to be shitting on anybody specifically. 
but they wrote, there are several people who claim to have connections to the company that swear The Rock is showing up, but so far we have been given no confirmation or indication that it is happening yet. So they're like thinking and making us think per their report, oh, it's possible because I did see someone comment on that going, see, see, people think The Rock is going to show up. Yet, Melter was right all along when he said, it's not happening. Everything I'm hearing means, well, Rock doesn't look like he's going to show up. And, well, Rock didn't show up. And Triple H was asked about The Rock in the press conference where they were like, so Hollywood, Rock, what, what can you tell us about if The Rock is going to work WrestleMania or not? And Triple H just basically goes, he's a very busy guy. He says he's a very busy guy. Uh, pertaining to The Rock, he stated that, uh, so uh, the tweet I sent out, I wrote, Triple H was asked about The Rock possibly working WrestleMania, and he said The Rock is incredibly busy. He said if he could be here for this, he would walk through fire for it, but doesn't think it's in the cards. It's actually funny because he goes, so I hear he doesn't think he can get into shape. At least that's what all you keep telling me, which is funny because that was a Dave Meltzer thing. Nobody else reported that. That was all a Dave Meltzer thing. But, yeah, I want to give Dave Meltzer his kudos. Everybody saying, Dave's wrong. Dave's wrong. The Rock's going to show up. I had some mother sucker have the nerve to send me a picture going, I saw this on Instagram. It's from backstage at the Royal Rumble. Look, it's an SUV, and the license plate says The Rock. And the first, all I responded to was, that's Photoshopped. Because some people on the freaking internet are so goddamn gullible that they believe anything and everything. I'm, 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 I'm going to talk to you guys really fast. Do you think that if The Rock was there tonight, that they were going to drive an SUV into the building with a license plate that said The Rock on it just to basically tell everybody, hey, Dwayne's in this car. Scoop it out. Tell the dirt sheets. No, they weren't. They're not that dumb. But I had a couple people. One person in specific go, oh, you keep telling me The Rock's not going to be there, but what about this from, from Instagram? It's an SUV and the license plate says The Rock. Well, first off, the Rock ain't bringing his own vehicle to San Antonio with his own personal license plate, you dumb sons of bitches. And I didn't have to look at this image for more than half a second to know it was photoshopped. I guess that's just my personal skills of knowing how to tell if something's photoshopped or not within half a second. But, yeah. For anybody that got swerved today by so many people trying to go, Rock's gonna be there, Rock's gonna be there, oh, look at this. Tease on Instagram. Oh, look at this. Tease over here on Twitter. No. No. When things got quiet about The Rock over the last couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, no one's talking about it because maybe it's going to happen. And when Dave Meltzer said it's looking very, very unlikely more and more every day, when he was the only one saying anything, I'm like, well, yeah, if no one else is saying anything, Dave's got to have some truth to this. And so... Don't get got, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be so gullible on the internet. That's all I got to say. Don't be so got dang gullible on the internet. But that was everything that went down re regarding tonight's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. I do have some notes from the press conference. I'm going to pull up right here. Um, da, 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 
Um, where was it? Um, uh, I did have notes from the press conference. Did they not save? Uh-oh. Did my press conference notes not save? All right, I'm just going to, I guess they didn't save. So I'm going to try to think off my brain from the press conference. <clears throat> Rhea Ripley was the first one to go out there. And someone asked her about her knee. They said, hey, late in the match, look like you may have tweaked your knee or something. How are you, how are you doing? And Rhea did say that my knee did pop out. She thinks maybe she could have dislocated her knee. But then it went back in and she's feeling okay. So we got to keep an eye on that. Rhea Ripley may have messed up her knee. Don't know how bad it is. She was able to finish the match. She was able to do the cool whoop, whoop, whoop spot, flipping Rhea with her legs. And there we go. One interesting thing. Cody Rose was asked about Roman Reigns. He's like, hey, for the last however long, Roman's been the champion. Unlike Rhea Ripley, you don't have to make a decision. You don't have to go, go do I face this champion or this champion? You know it's Roman Reigns. And Cody spoke very, very highly of Roman. Cody basically said, and I did tweet this one out, so I have this. Let me pull this up. Like Cody basically said, Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world. Like he said that. Cody said, Roman Reigns. So Cody gave a lot of praise to Roman Reigns. He said he's the best wrestler in the world. He said, Roman is undisputed. And he didn't mean that just as the undisputed champion. Cody then said, quote, Roman is the only man that can call himself the best wrestler in the world in this company or any other. So I was like, oh. He's like, Roman, number one. I'm number two. I say Seth is number three, but who's, who's, who's trying to make a list here right now? And Bray Wyatt also talked about some stuff. He asked, he was asked about this being his first match back. He said it felt well. Then he was asked about connections with Alexa Bliss. And he was like, hey, me and Alexa are going to always be connected. Maybe something cool is going to happen down the line, but I don't know right now. And he was very cryptic in all of his answers. He was Bray Wyatt. He didn't want to answer a lot of things. He didn't want to give things away. And then Triple H came out and he spoke about a number of things. And he talked about some numbers and whatnot and other things. But let me see if I can pull up any more notes from the um so I can pull up any more notes from the press conference really quickly. Um, bu -bu 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 Ooh, I do. I, oh, I may have my notes. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, so the Ray Ripley said that her knee popped out a bit during the match, but she feels good. She did confirm that she might be hurt there. Ray Ripley says that not only should she get credit for going all the way one from first to second, but you got to give a lot of credit to Liv Morgan as that is really deserved. Um, uh, Ray Ripley was asked who she's going to challenge. She said, I can't tell you that right now. I still have to think about that. I have a lot of things to think about. Charlotte Flair, of course, we have history. She beat me at WrestleMania for a title, so maybe I want to get back at her and beat her for a title. But there's also Bianca. I want to fight Bianca. Me and Bianca in the main event would be great as well. 
Bray Wyatt comes out. Ryan Satin asks him about his wild week, about this being his first match back, and he says he felt good. Um, he was asked about Alexa Bliss, and he said that they will always be connected and something memorable may be happening soon between the two of them. Um, they were then asked about, he was asked about um, The Undertaker and the moment they had on Raw, and he wouldn't really say much other than, you know, a lot of people try to compare the two of us. We're not the same. You can compare us or whatever, but I appreciate that, but we're not the same. And he said, but I won't tell you what he whispered. Cody then comes out, and he talked a lot about Randy Orton early. And he said he remembers wanting to, uh, wanting to be the Rumble winner over a decade ago when he was in the final three. He thought it was going to be, he was going to be in the following years from that. And then eventually, you know, he took his hiatus from WWE. Cody really spoke highly on Gunther and couldn't praise him more. Cody said that he likes the structure of creative in WWE, but also likes being free sometimes. He said it was easy under Vince McMahon and for him. And it's actually pretty easy under Triple H as he's like, everybody knows I've modeled a lot of me. After Triple H. Triple H is somebody I look up to. And I hope that Triple H. Yes. Sees me as my father's son. But also sees me as me as well. Uh, Cody then says that Triple H has no reason to be a fan of his. After all the lighthearted things that he said to him in AEW. He believes that Triple H understood where it came from. He's a huge Triple H fan. And wants to be the quarterback. Under Triple H as his coach. He's really excited to develop a great relationship with Triple H. Cody Rhodes then makes fun of Denise Salcedo for yelling at him because she got headphones on. Also, I want to say that I got a pretty good laugh seeing some of these people not know how to use their DSLR cameras during this press conference. Like, boy, howdy. Don't buy a fancy camera if you don't know how to use it or can't learn to use it before you try to use it. Like, just saying. Um... Going on, he said something about merchandising and goes, hey, if you thought my AEW action figures were a lot, just wait till what you see come we got coming out here. I thought that was really funny. I thought that was a really funny note. Or he's like, hey, you thought I had a lot of AEW merchant or action figures. Just wait till you see all the stuff we've got planned here in WWE. Uh, Byron Saxon tried to wrap him up and Cody was like, no, you're stopping me? He's like, I just do what they tell me, and they tell me wrap it up. He's like, let's do one more. One more. And Byron's like, all right, we'll take one from the front. And Cody literally goes, oh, you're not going to give the last question to Sean Ross Sapp, are you? So I, I popped out that one. I thought that was pretty funny. Triple H then comes out and confirms that this is the largest gate in Royal Rumble history and the highest sponsorship money they've ever had for a Royal Rumble. Triple H tells... Uh, Matt Cap from the bump. That's funny. Matt Cap stands up and goes, uh, Matt Cap from WWE's The Bump. And Triple H goes, Oh, you got some inside source, do you now? And he loses his shit. Matt Cap uh, laughs really hard on that one. And he asks about big moments, big moments in the Rumble. Cody winning, Logan Paul, uh, Logan Paul ricochet spot, and Gunter going over 70 minutes. And this and that. Triple H says, It's not always about just who wins the Rumble, but who gets to stand out in the Rumble. Like Gunter going, all the way, and that incredible spot with Ricochet and um, Logan Paul. Triple H says that he loves seeing how Rhea Ripley came from Australia as a scared kid, but has grown into the great woman and wrestler that we see now today. He's like, 
and she did it all for us. She came here from Australia scared. We sent her to the UK. She then came back and grew even more. Now she's where she's at and she's thriving. Um, I think it was Ryan Satin asked him about the pressure of booking his first full WrestleMania on his own. He's like, yeah, it's scary, but I'm excited. Triple H says that he wasn't... Uh, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Um, Cody told Triple H. Uh, Triple H said that Cody told him he will never. Uh, no. Where was I? Um, I already said this stuff about The Rock. Where basically he said that The Rock's incredibly busy. And that if The Rock really, really wanted to be here and he could make the time, he would do anything he could to make the time. But The Rock's just so busy that it's not in the cards. It doesn't seem right. And it doesn't look like The Rock, even if he wanted to, couldn't make the time to be here. And then Triple H says that WWE does protect... He goes, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think me and my team and everybody here does spectacles better than anybody on this planet. So... Cool. Yep, those are all the notes that I have from the press conference. If you didn't watch it, you can go back and watch it on Peacock or the WWE YouTube channel. I think it's on Twitter as well. Oh. So with that, guys, that's all we got as far as talking the Royal Rumble. The show was great. The aftermath of the main event was fan-freaking-tastic. I can't praise it anymore. But before we get going, I do want to check the polls. We got a couple of them for you. First off, I'm going to read the Twitch poll where everybody liked the Rumble. 100% liked the Rumble. And we have two different YouTube polls. We have one for the live chat and one for the community tab. So I'm going to read the live chat one first. The live chat here on YouTube. 70% liked the show. 20% thought it was just all right. And 9% did not like the Royal Rumble. As far as the Twitter poll does go. Um, 73% liked the show, 26% thought it was just all right, and nobody disliked the show. As far as the YouTube community poll, let's refresh that one right here. 78% liked the show, 19% thought it was just all right, and 4% did not like it. Some of the comments on the YouTube poll says this was the first rumble I attended, and it did not disappoint. Self with Sammy and the Bloodline was masterful. And just an all-around good time. The person says, I think the ending to the Royal Rumble... I liked the ending to the Rum Rum Royal Rumble. It was done so masterfully. That's two people said masterfully. God dang. The says, I highly love this PLE. Um, and this one says, 100% definitely better than last year's Royal Rumble. And another one says, it was a good one. And another one says, this was okay. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, whether you're watching live or watching later. Also, thank you if you're listening later on podcast platforms all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, we'll be back live uh, Monday morning for the wrestling wrap-up, and then we'll be talking Monday Night Raw Monday evening. So with that, have a great rest of your weekend, and I will see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.